Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to be here and not have another ice day for our recording at 9 a.m. February the 23rd, 2011. And I'm going to really try and be a little quicker in the beginning of the class because I can sort of tend to ramble on, as I'm sure you have instructors and professors who do, because we really need to uh, get to scratch today. And so we're going to have a fast introduction, scratch, uh, fetch and creature presentations from classmates, and then we're going to play with scratch. And we're going to be having our, doing our first project this week, uh, which is going to be something cool. So it's really specific. Uh, but I'll be a little more detailed about that. So... Um, I am not caught up on email, so if you have not received an email from me, it is because I am negligent in my email duties, and I'm going to catch up on my email duties this week. Please make sure you click on our 9 a.m. to uh, check in today for class. Um, part of your grade in this class is attendance, and so that usually doesn't play an issue because if you get into all your assignments, you're fine, but you need to do that, so make sure you check in. Um, I want to point out a couple changes to the schedule. If you look on our assignments for the class, um, I, I wanted to give us another week for scratch because of all the things that we're going to talk about and discuss, it's probably more out of the box than anything else. Probably no one has you know, programmed and created in scratch before, and we need a little bit more time. So uh, if you had seen the schedule, we had originally had a scratch project due um, at the end of next week, and I've actually moved that to Friday before spring break, so Friday the 11th. This week we're going to do a scratch um, project, and we're going to do another small one next week, and then you'll have one uh, that you'll turn in for your um, final assignment. Um, so what I uh, moved because of that was we're going to have another um, blog a checkpoint uh, blog quiz on the 8th, and so... Um, I altered that date, but I basically moved moved that back. And if you look at the schedule itself, as far as the assignments of when things fall, we had two bonus topics at the end, and I just took one of those away and moved the smart board down there. It is important to talk about the smart board, and we'll explore how we can create smart board lessons and have some um, experiences with it. Um, Personally, I don't think it's that. I would much rather see schools give students um, technology that they could use in their hands than spend $5,000 on an electronic whiteboard. But um, lots of our schools are, and it's part of our, of our class. So it's there, but that gave us another week of scratch next week, and so I just moved everything else down and shifted things. All right, so we'll probably just have one less bonus topic um, to talk about. So... Uh, we're going to just do a quick app share, and then we're going to uh, have a video and then start. Um, I've got a link to this video that we're going to uh, show. The person who has created this is uh, Dr. Michael Wesch, who is a nationally recognized professor of cultural anthropology at Kansas State University. Um, this is the post that I have linked. He has created uh, video, several videos that have gone viral on YouTube. And um, he's actually going to be the keynote speaker in two weeks at the conference that's here at UCO. It's called the Heartland eLearning Conference. You don't have to go, but it's a great opportunity to learn a lot of 
great things and get to hear somebody like Michael Wesch. So um, this is the video. I've actually downloaded it so we don't have to play it right off of YouTube. Uh, but this is a video that he has created for his students this year for a project that they're going to do and uh, see what you think. Uh, college. So that idea of that idea of taking a tag that's going to be unique and then just asking people to upload videos to YouTube is an incredibly powerful way to have information self-organized. Um, so. Uh, anyway, I wanted you to know about Michael Wesch, Dr. Wesch. He's going to be here in two weeks at UCO. He's the keynote speaker uh, for the Heartland Learning Conference. If you, I think, um, teachable moment. For some reason, usually if you don't move the projector or move the screen, it doesn't, you know, alter where you're clicking. But my, the orientation on this one, for some reason, gets adjusted. I've got a link here for week eight because it's actually going to happen. Um, not next week, but the week after. So it's March 7th and 8th. And so you can say about our keynote speaker, and yes, this is coming from UCO, because this will be at the um, Student Union. Somehow that link should work. Um, I'm not sure why that's not. Anyway, you can uh, go there and, and visit um, and learn a little bit more about that. Um, how many of you were able to successfully subscribe to 10 things with Google Reader, 10 different feeds? Okay. Who had some trouble getting subscribed? Did you have some trouble? Not this Friday, <coughs> but I think the following Friday I'll have another open lab time if you want to um, set up. And uh, email me if there's a time on Friday that's better for you and you really want to come in. Um, those are usually good times to be able to just you know, get your questions answered. If you didn't get your Google Reader um, submitted that assignment today when we're doing our scratch exploration time, if you would like, I can come and help you and assist you with that, or we can do that at an open lab time too. Um, I really want to encourage you to try and stay up with assignments because if you don't, it gets, you know, tough at the end, but I'm happy to accept your assignment, you know, late if you have not gotten it turned in yet, okay? 
how many of you have an iPad or an Android tablet or a smartphone of some kind? Okay. Anybody have a tablet um, at this point? Right. Yeah. Any type of tablet. Um, is this like one that you put plug into the computer so that you can draw on it, or is it a separate tab uh, computer tablet? Yeah, I would. Uh, I don't know what what the right word for that is. That's more like I think of that as like a Wacom, like right. Yeah, but that's basically more of an input device rather than the screen and, and all that. Well, <clears throat> what I want to just show you real fast today is this uh, product called Flipboard, and one of the reasons why Google Reader is a good place to invest in terms of information and things that you want to read is because it integrates with different um, different kinds of tools. And so I've uh, plugged my iPad in. And what I'm going to do is I'm on the wireless. I'm going to open up Flipboard. Flipboard is free. It's a free app. And what it allows me to do is to subscribe to different channels. This is just the um, front screen, and it doesn't look quite as, as awesome, you know, on the screen as it does looking at, looking at it directly here just because there's a little bit of a delay. Um, the, there are two different pages um, that Flipboard gives you, and these are channels that I have subscribed to. You can see in the middle column there on the right side it says Google Reader. I've also got my Facebook, my Twitter, and there's individual folders that I've subscribed to. So I'm going to click up there on that microphone picture where it says Edu Yoda's folder. So these are about mm, 15 or 20 people who I follow on Twitter um, and also subscribe to their um, blogs on Google Reader. <clears throat> and these are articles that they have linked to. When, when Twitter first came out, it was discounted by a lot of people, and it still is as, um, you know, this stupid thing that people just share what they have for breakfast. You know, who cares about that? But it has become an incredible platform for innovation and people using it creatively. And so uh, I'll click on this article, History of the U.S. Flag, Images and Videos. This is a blog that's written by a teacher in Maine called Richard Byrne. He has a free blog called uh, Free Technology for Teachers. And basically every day, Richard posts some kind of just short um, lesson, resource, tool that um, relates to the classroom. He teaches social studies in, at a high school. But the tools that he shares are about all, all different kinds of things. So I could go to Google Reader. Well, I have a lot of choices. I could go right to his blog. I could also go to Google Reader. But I can also go to Flipboard, and I can um, read these articles and, and um, see these things. Now, it's not transformative in my view just, well, it is to be able to have access to this stuff, to be able to read it, but what I think is even more exciting is the opportunity that we have to share it and then to collect it. So if you look up in the corner there where that little arrow is, there's a star and an arrow, the star, bless you, would let me star it on Google Reader so I can go back and see the things that I've starred, but if I click here on the little corner icon, it gives me different choices. I could view it on the web, so take it out of Flipboard and view it in Safari. I could um, email it to myself, post it different places, or share it on Google Reader. So if I click Share on Google Reader, 
It just says this is going to be shared, and then other people who follow me on Google Reader, or I can go back to my own shared items, I can go back and link to that. So I may read 20 articles during the day, but maybe I only share three or four of them because, you know, those are the best ones that I find that I really want to um, see later. I can also do this post to, and there's different places that I can post to if I connect these accounts. So at the top is my Twitter account, I have my Facebook account, and I have my Google Reader. So if I wanted to, um, and I, let me find, since I'm going to like really do this, let me, let me find an article. Okay, I'll do this one. I'll say post to, to Twitter. So instead of going to Google Reader, I'm going to um, post to Twitter. And <clears throat> what do you notice about that link? Anybody notice anything? It's kind of long. Yeah, it's kind of long. Twitter gives you 14, 140 characters. And it actually, if I would try to share this, I'm negative 14. I'm 14 characters over the maximum for Twitter. So if I click on the little uh, gear there in the corner, it gives me a choice to shorten the links. And so I can just click a button, and it will use a URL shortener. And look at that. Now I have 53 characters that I could still... Um, uh, utilize for this post. And sometimes I'll just say reading, you know, that I'm reading this. Um, I could also, you know, add another comment. But when I click the send icon, this particular link to this article is now shared out to all the people who are following me on Twitter. And anybody who uses their Twitter feed, as I do um, on Flipboard and in other ways, to be able to uh, subscribed information can can see that. So let's just um, see what that looks like. So if I go to, I just went to the web, and I'm just opening up Twitter.com, and so this is my Twitter feed. The most recent entry, da there it is, is that link to that John Holt article that Carl Anderson wrote. And it has the link. And so people can click on it and directly go to Carl's site. So, um, we are going to have a continued explosion of information in our lifetimes. I have, no, I have seen nothing, I have read nothing that makes me believe we are going back to eight, the 1800s where information was scarce and it was hard to get. And it was, you know, the, the economy of information was defined by its scarcity. Today, it's going, we, we live in an attention economy more than an information economy. There was a great article about the attention economy written a few years ago, and the, the author said, it's dumb to say information economy, because economies are always defined by what's scarce rather than by what's plentiful. What's scarce today is attention, Right. Sitting as you are in front of your screen, you have so many different choices of things that you can do, right? It's easier, I think, to be distracted today than ever before. I finally got another copy of my dissertation, another revision done last night. I had my email from my professor for three weeks. And, it's, you know, it's hard to be focused and sit down and get that sucker done. And this is the world we're growing up in. And so we, I believe, need to have tools that help us filter information, get the stuff that we're interested in, and then, you know, collect it and have ways of sharing it. Um, so, I've probably talked too much.
too long about that topic, but uh, I mentioned Flipboard last time, and I really do think it is the uh, the most, well, there's a couple ways to say it. I could say the sexiest app. I could also say just the most impressive um, tablet app that I've seen uh, because not just, uh, you know, since it has eye candy and it just flips really fancily and, and all that, um, it, it also is just a real powerful demonstration of how information today can be shared and not just accessed and consumed, but you get to customize it. You customize your own newspaper and you, you know, customize how you get to share it. So I'll talk more about that later, but that was longer than I'm, well, that was only 15 minutes, so that's not too bad. What we need to do now is, if you look at week seven, we've got the link here to our PK student presentations. And so we are, again, going to use the same evaluation form, uh, except I have put the names of those lucky souls who have uh, volunteered or had just that time remaining to do their presentation. And we, we will still have a couple changes. And if something has come up and you can't present today, um, you know, let me know and we'll, we'll make an adjustment. But hopefully we will have most of these folks go. And again, we will just ask for volunteers. I'm not going to plug my laptop in every week, so uh, this week we didn't really, it's a little awkward when I do to plug in the, um, the flash drive and get all that, you know, kind of set. So we'll just ask anybody who would like to volunteer um, to go first to uh, come on up. Lorelai, you're you going to volunteer first? All right, very good. One of the things I think we've uh, learned with Lorelai, there was something that caused her presentation to want a, a double click before it uh, went into presentation mode. So we weren't sure whether that was some um, an audio file that she added or maybe it was something else. All right. Is this the 12-meg Pachacucha here? That's probably it. No, it's not the pink thing. Are you in the you're not in the you're in the document. Uh, I just want to apologize to you all. I had this all kind of 
Where did you have the most luck finding your pictures?
what is the topic of your presentation? Yay, all right, I like it already. Are you ready?
in play that they are being forced to kind of learn in the classroom. It's just something that comes naturally. In Taiwan and in Japan, they get 15-minute breaks every hour to go out and play. Um, and that's really something to kind of take into account because these countries are always really, really on top of the educational system. Um, back to the health benefits again. Um, one in five children in this country are overweight. So the level, the level of physical activity is going down to them. And that goes back to, um, like, diabetes and things of that Seventeen years ago, the concern was done for childhood um, rate of diabetes went up to So just kind of quick facts for kids um, not spending time doing physical activities and maybe doing things like this when they get home because they're not, they're not, that may be the only time during the day that they are getting out and doing anything. Um, and again, with the, with the diabetes, it's just kind of a, a situation that if it's not being taken care of at home, maybe that is the only time that we're, we're able to do something. And we're sacrificing time in school where it may not be happening at home. Um, everybody knows this guy, Richard Simmons. Um, he is actually a huge advocate for getting PE and physical activities back in the classroom. If you go onto his uh, website, he has a, a icon on there for the gift fit bill. And um, it is a, you can go on there, it talks about um, what that is. It doesn't state that classes have to have, or um, schools have to have getting fit or dyslexities in their classrooms, but it does talk about what they need to do. This is Dr. Eric Elbridge. He's a leading psychologist and um, on children's play and what it does for kids. Talks about how it brings them closer with social interaction with children and that they learn to play. So he's just another person just really pushing for kids to be interactive with each other, being able to be outside, being able to play, and how they learn through the activity of play. Um, there are some great things that you can do. This, this is something that you feel strongly about. And these are two great websites that I found that you can go on to and um, kind of research and find out what they do. This is the American Association for Child Rights Play. They have a lot of great things on here. Um, all of everything that I found on here was really inspiring. Um, this organization is just CPA. There's a national CPA uh, group that started a letter writing campaign called Children's um, Wrestling Recess, and it was a letter writing campaign by kids that was sent to school officials for their right to play. And it was for schools that had eliminated recess. Um, so basically, at the end of the day, just imagine that 20 and 30 years old, you being at a job all day long, and never being able to take a break, and be a force to stay on task, stay on place. Um, and that's what's happening to kids. They're in class all day long, be a force to stay on task and never get break. So. Comments, feedback, or questions for Angie? Uh, what state was it you said where they eliminated the playground? It was in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. I know I got kind of off track. I was going really fast. But um, it's in Atlanta, Georgia. Ten years ago, they started eliminating recess there. And all the new schools that they built, they built without playground. So now, I'm sorry. Um, so now, like in Oklahoma, we have the options. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's not required, but there's... It's not required. And when I called the Oklahoma State Board of Education, I called and I asked um, them what our policy was on it. We still have it in all districts, but it is each district makes a decision as to whether or not. And right now, it's required for kindergarten through fifth grade that a week each child or each grade gives 60 minutes of recess and PEI. In actuality, it's really not that much because we're looking at like 15 minutes, you know, a week or a day for those kids to be out playing. And I don't know, I don't know what you guys feel like, but when I was in school, I felt like we were on the playground like 30, oh, 40 minutes a day. Oh, more than that. So <laughs> Yeah, two times a day. Yeah, we had three, baby. So you were really out doing a lot of physical stuff. Now you're looking at like 15 minutes a day where you're outside really and then that's it, plus your lunchroom time. So, right. So it's really, it's limited, you know. It's limited a lot. Can you say you have to have six minutes a week? Yeah. That's what they're required to do. Yeah. I think it's testing, like you said. I think the whole pressure's been academic standards, yeah. get kids scoring better on tests. And That's viewed as frivolous. It doesn't, it, um, they don't view it as improving academic yeah. achievement. So. It's not, it's, not, it's all of those things I'm talking about. It's art, music, it's anything that doesn't provide great test and any place that where the like Atlanta, you know, those are any any schools where they are having a hard time um, with lower test scores, like nationally, they're killing them on that. So, and yet the education levels in Japan and Taiwan are so high and yeah. so crazy. I'm just amazed that they actually have. I live in Japan. That's but <laughs> they allow 15 minutes a day for every, every hour. That's I mean that's crazy. Yeah. Like yeah, they're getting great. One of their kids can be better. Yeah. For example, I did observations here in Edmond for middle school, and they had 15 minutes to eat their lunch, mm -hmm. and 15 minutes that they could sit outside and they would just sit down. Yeah. And mean, this is not, it's, it's just, I mean, I can't imagine at a job where I would not be able to have an hour lunch break. I couldn't imagine. You know, so imagine a child that's six, seven, or eight years old that's just full of energy, yeah, and wants to wants to play. So, all right, Let's give me another round of applause. Great. Okay, please complete her peer evaluation if you have not already, and whoever would like to go next, come on back.
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have a unique title. That's always important. Everyone calls it Pachacushin. You would be able to copy it right.
like every corner there's like a sign that they see on McDonald's. Oh, but their McDonald's are so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I don't like McDonald's, okay? They have like a high quality Italian beef over there, and it is, your burgers are like this big. It's amazing. These are so full of I would never go to McDonald's like that. I was just going to my dad was in Chile for a while. Like, here, we need to go. This is amazing. You have no idea.
anybody who would like to um, share something that they learned and link to it. And so one of the ways that you can do this, there's a couple ways, but probably the easiest way is on our blog last Friday when we had our open lab time, um, I was able to finally get everybody's name added here as a, uh, on the contributor side. So that's, the, I think, probably the quickest way to be able to get to your blog. You can just over on the sidebar, click there, and then you'll be able to um, go to your link. So if you want to link to the Scratch project that you saw, that, that's one way to do it. Um, the other way that you can do it um, is you could, you know, go, you could log in and, and find it. And I'll do, do that here. Because on your account, if you went ahead and saved the project as a favorite, then uh, then that project is just able to, uh, you know, you can readily just view it by, by taking a look at your project. So um, I thought I had actually saved this one, and I guess maybe Christmas, and so I'm going to go ahead and uh, download the project so we can open it in Scratch. And I'll go to full screen and we'll play this. <coughs> this is an amazing project because of the math that's in it. And I am positive that the person who created this is not a 10-year-old because when you look at the scripts which create this, and every time you play this particular project, it's different because they have um, used a random script, but they've also used all this math with trigonometry with sines and cosines and tangents and all kinds of things to make the fireworks go. So, one of the things that it shows is the use of the pen, which is uh, kind of the genesis of Scratch with the turtle and turtle logo, where there was this you know, actual object they called the turtle that would go around the room, and students would tell it to go forward and back, and when the pen goes down, when the pen goes up, and it writes when the pen is down. So <coughs> this is a different project because you're not seeing like sprites like the cat, you know, walk across the screen. Uh, the sprites are these individual colors, and then they're making their shapes by having the pins go down. So, anyway, we could watch that longer. Um, I'll stop it. And you can see that there are five different kinds of sprites here. So, if I click on sprite one, <laughs> this is where it's like, you know, people who say, oh, that's scratch stuff, that's just five year olds. Yeah, right. Try to figure this one out. <laughs> um, it is picking a random number, setting X to be a random number between minus 200 and 200, and it sets Y to be negative 180, and then it's doing uh, repeated loops. There you can see where the pin goes down, but look where it goes. It goes to the sign of a turn of, I mean, I don't, this is a math 
already see on okay? But I was like, oh my gosh, look at that. Didn't know you could do that. So that's just sprite number one. Um, you know, sprite number two, similarly, we can, uh, you know, take this out and there's a, you might found the clear button, clear effects. This is stop all scripts. I think it's on looks. Thank you. Alright, so I'm just gonna grab this out. I'll double click. Well, it didn't work. I'm gonna say clear graphic effects. I thought there was something where I could clear the stage. Anybody know how to do that?
work this person had to have put into this game. And apparently they made a couple versions because at first I'm fine. it didn't work so well. You can download it. Go ahead and click on it there. And we'll right here? Uh, the, the name of it, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I can show you how to get past the first level. I'm actually on level like 10 or 11 right now. <laughs> It's just taking a while to open it. If you click back on it, it'll go. Yeah. 
I'm just showing them how to beat level one, just like that. <laughs> so here it is. This thing has, like, scared me half to death when I started looking at the scripts involved to make this happen. Um, because not only do they have multiple, uh, like, all the different Lego pieces, which if you come into the actual game, like, you can move them around and stuff. Um, but it also has, like, all the different numbers and stuff, like, and letters that go into forming these little codes that actually can take you automatically to another level. So, like, if I was going back into the regular game, I could type in, mm, well, hold on. Just so you can see kind of how his process works. I could type in that and automatically go to level 10, which I'm on right now. Is that like a code? But yeah, they have, he, has a, he has a code yeah. for each so level. So well, you get to skip. That, yeah, so you can go back and re uh, go to the level that you want to play. But you don't have to always start at zero. No, exactly. So he has, he, it's, for, it's shown after every level you beat. So go, so go, go into go the scrap version and then click full screen and then just play, play it uh, a little bit to show, yeah. show us how it works. Yeah, click the green. Do you click the green flag to start or how do you start? Well, you start by playing it. I mean, I don't think it just automatically goes. You have to start. Is it like uh, Tetris? Do that? Um, no, it's more just like you have to. If, if Tetris is what I remember. Have you played that? Okay, so you're trying to get the Lego trying to get the Lego in into this little thing and get through all the different things. And these things can only move side to side. And these can only move up and down. Basically, it's just the whole process of making that work and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Can the Lego one move up and down? Nope. It can only move side to side. Do you have a time limit? Um, no, it's actually not a time limit. It's just, well, I mean, it is a time limit, but um, I haven't ever had to go through the entire time limit, so I'm not sure. So I think it affects your So just slide uh, up and down or side to side. You can't. Yep. Huh. Mm-hmm. It's a really, like, advanced game, like, in my opinion. Like, I think, it's, I think it's really impressive to see what they've done with it. And I, I'm, I'm going back on this level, and I'm forgetting how to, how to do it. So, see, it's all, I mean. Yeah, the gray one, up, right, bottom right. Up, yeah, now green one. Yeah. See, there we go. Woohoo! See how fun it is? It's so much fun. On the Okay. See, and then you see the different things at the bottom, like cool. this this level. It well to get to this level, it would be cello. You know, so basically, go through the different steps. How do I exit out of here? Uh, just yeah. Okay. So basically, in my post, if you read it, <laughs> um, you would see that I kind of went through here, kind of figured out some of the things, like uh, if. You enter a certain, like, basically, like, from what I got is if you enter a certain code on the computer, like, if I put in N, it would give me the uh, costume, which is one of these, um, like, the picture of it. Because if you go here, if you see costumes, and they're all connected to the codes of, like, A, B, C, everything like that. But I went through here, and honestly, this... Wait a minute. Can you say that one more time? Okay. Okay, so they name, they name the costume. Yes. Right. So, like, they would name it after the letter that you're going to be, right. so which they, they call the code, which you would be typing on the board. So, like, if you pressed A on the board, that would be code A okay. from what I got, maybe. This is the confusing part. And then it would show up with 
an A. However, look on the stage and let's see what um, stage. What stage? In the bottom right corner where all your icons are, you've got sprites, but then on the on the left side is your stage. Mm -hmm. And the stage, yeah, click on the stage. Oh, and so um, then you click on the scripts for the stage. This is kind of where they set things up. Um, one of the things to see is see is where it says when I receive game broadcast title. That I learned that from the Monster Mash one that I showed you last time. Is when you if you plan stuff out, you can broadcast like scene one begins. That's a broadcast. And then when you receive it, stuff can happen. So it's broadcasting the title. Okay, then, then another sprite, when it receives the title, can do stuff. That's a way that, in the game, um, time signals are sent to be able to say, you know, we're starting scene two, you know, then the second sprite comes out. Yep. All right. Great job. Thank you for sharing. Okay. Um, Will will do more of this kind of sharing. I don't know about you, but I see this and I get really intimidated. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no way I'm a game developer and there's no way, you know, I could make something that fancy. Um, let's, let's go to some real basics. Well, we're gonna, the way that we're going to do this today, I want everybody to open up Scratch. If you don't already have it open, open up a blank Scratch project. Let's go to Programs, Scratch, and open it up. We'll have our nice little cat there. <laughs> Very simple. Um, I'm going to do some direct instruction today and then give you some free time to explore. Um, next lesson, next week, I'm going to have a different method, which is more of a jigsaw. I'm going to have some scratch cards and ask you with a partner to learn something, and then we're going to come back and we're going to share. I want you to analyze yourself as you're learning about scratch and how it is you learn the best, Right? Kids learn differently. People learn differently. And a lot of times we're very conditioned towards direct instruction to say that's the way we do it, okay? We're going to learn how to do this formula, and I'm going to show you, and then you're going to do it just like me, and then we're going to test it. You know. So we'll do some direct instruction this time, but we're going to mix it up with some, with some different ways uh, of doing things. What I want us to do first is we're going to move the cat, okay? We're going to get the cat to move across the screen. And one of the first things I want you to note is you move your mouse around. What do you, what do you see changing as you simply move your mouse around? The, the X and Y changes. Okay. Let's do a little bit of vocabulary just because this helps as we talk about scratch. This area is called the stage. Okay. The stage. Um, say, that after, say that with me. Ready? Go. The stage. Okay. The stage is where the action happens. Um, you have down here in this area your sprites, and you have the stage, and you can put scripts on the stage, and you can put scripts on your sprite. But let's just be very basic right now. Let's uh, leave the cat, and let's just make him glide across. Over here in the corner, there are eight categories of scripts. What category do you think will handle gliding across the screen or moving across the screen? That's right. Motion is a good bet. So we are going to, uh, there's a couple ways that you can do this, um, but I'm going to... How do you get to that spot? Because I'm, well, I'm logged into my account. Go ahead and open Scratch. So you want to go um, on your computer. This isn't in Internet Explorer. You're going to go down to the Start menu to Programs. Okay. 
and then find your Scratch folder. Thank you for stopping and asking that. And go ahead and launch the Scratch program for there, from there. It's like fifth up or something like that. Okay, very good. And definitely help your neighbor if you see that they need some assistance in getting it. Okay, so we're on motion. You should be clicked on the blue um, script. We can do this a couple different ways. Actually, um, well, go ahead and uh, drag move 10 steps out, and I want you to double-click it. What happens? Okay. How do you think you could get the cat to go faster or, or move more? Any predictions? Yeah, let's change the number. So let's double-click it and change the number to a bigger number. I'm going to make mine 30. Okay? So the same thing. Double-click it. Now, you can move your cat. So click, it, click on the stage, move your cat, and then click your script to make it move. Now, how do you think I could get the cat to move in the other direction? Okay, I could turn, but without pulling out a different script, how might I get him to move in the other direction? A negative number. So try and make that 30 or whatever you have. I'll make mine negative 20. And what happens there? Yay, he's going backwards. Okay. Mathematically, what concepts have we just introduced to students? The idea of a number line and negative and positive numbers. Okay? And also addition and subtraction, right? Because this is a very practical application of addition and subtraction. The person who was the, the, the uh, father of Scratch... is a man named Seymour Papert. And Papert studied in France with Jean Piget, who you might have studied already in one of your psychology classes. Like, he was buddies with Piget. Piget, you know, was studying language and development of, of uh, cognitive processes in kids. Papert, as a mathematician, wanted to create a world where just like if we lived in France, we'd learn to speak French. He wanted to create a world where kids would learn math because math is the language you speak. And so Scratch has that built into it. Okay? I'm going to give you a challenge, um, and I'm going to give you a hint. Okay? I would like for you to make your cat by clicking on the green flag. Okay, so let's introduce this. Go up to Control and drag the green flag out. Okay, if you, if you click on the yellow script, which says control, drag the green flag out. I would like for you to make your cat move across the screen by simply clicking the green flag. That means you're not going to be able to double click on, you know, one of the scripts here and then change the number. You're going to have to do something else. You attach scripts by simply dragging them up and letting them hook on to another script. Okay, those are like puzzle pieces that fit together. 
All right. My hint, well, actually, I'm not going to give you any hints. <laughs> Let's just see what you come up with. How can you get your cat to move all the way across the screen? All right. I'm going to give you two minutes to work on that, and I'm going to say feel free to talk with your neighbor and get your neighbor's ideas and help. <laughs> yeah, I want him to move all the way across the screen. Yeah, I want him to move across. I don't want him to, I'm not teleporting, okay? I want him to, like, move across, um, yeah, like he's walk. yeah. Where would, if you want to be really, yeah, we can, we can, we can have a walk. What did I say? Did I say two minutes? If you lose your cat, has anybody figure that out? If he disappears? Did he hide? Okay, as we go through some of these different ways of having your cat move, um, feel free to try these as we do them. Sorry, that was the audio for Bamboozled. Didn't even have our audio plug in. Okay, somebody tell me a one way that you did it. You glided him. Oh, so you went to motion and you chose the glide command. And did you, uh, what did you put in for glide? Um, I said glide one or one second to X. And then I typed in the wherever my mouse, where I wanted him to go, was like 213. Or okay, you said 213? Yes. And what was your Y? Y is negative 29. Okay, when do we normally introduce XY coordinate grid to kids? Yeah, but is there any reason why a five-year-old or a six-year-old can't be introduced to that? No, there's a reason to introduce it, right? So, okay, awesome. So we did a glide. So wherever our cat starts out, he or she, is it a he or she? I don't know. Um, it's going to glide to that location. Very good. What's another way that somebody used it? I didn't move 30 steps. 
Okay. Oh, but you did a loop. By the way, as I'm working with scripts here, if I have one that I don't want, I want to trash it, I can just drag it over here to the scripts, okay? And it disappears. So you were going to repeat um, 30 steps. Did anybody just do this same um, script several times? Okay. Um, you can right-click a script, okay? See how it says duplicate and delete? So I can right-click and duplicate. That way I don't have to enter 30 all those times. And then you were using the weight. So you said move 30 weight. Of course, actually, you know what would be even smarter? I could get this set like I want it. Duplicate. Duplicate the whole thing. Duplicate. That's right. Okay, so you kind of, is that sort of what you did? Yeah. Okay, and then you hooked that up to your green flag? Ta-da! There he is. Okay, cool. Um, what's another way somebody, I'm going to save this script because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little modification on that in a minute. Anybody have a different way of getting him to move? You, you used a, a loop, didn't you? Did you say, which, which one did you have, the repeat? Okay, so you use move. How many steps were you doing at a time? Um, I did you did 20, okay. And then you went to control and found that there was a repeat loop. So how many times did you repeat? Nine. So you said repeat nine times, and how did you get this to work? I just clicked the flag, the green flag. But mine, mine won't work right now. What do I have to do to mine? Okay, so put that inside, and then what? And then you repeat Yep, hook it on. Okay, so when the green flag is clicked, I'm going to repeat this nine times. Move 20 steps. Let's see if it works. <gasps> Yay, it does. Cool. Anybody else have a different way to get into move? I can make them bounce from one side to the other. When you said touch, the, if it touches the edge, come back? or No, I just put another glide that made it go back. Oh, okay, you had him glide across and then glide back. Very cool. Okay. Well, let's introduce a little animation to this. Um, if you go under costumes, click costumes for your cat. By default, he has two costumes. And each sprite can have more than one costume or just one. Okay? What do you notice is the difference between um, these costumes? If I double click, that costume versus this one. Yeah, the legs. Okay, so... In the script, I'm going to go to looks. That is purple. And watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to simply add next costume in this script. What's this going to do? It is going, well, just look at it. Did you see it? How could I slow that down? I could introduce waiting. Waiting one second is kind of long. So if I want to wait less than a second, what would that be? How, how would I write that? 0.5. Oh, what have we just introduced mathematically here? Half, fractions, decimals, how to express a fraction with a decimal. Okay, so watch what happens now. What do you think? Too slow, too fast? Too slow. Okay, and also it's not long enough, so I'm going to make that repeat 15 times. How can I make that go faster? What do I have to change in my script? Okay, so what do I change specifically? 
change what? Change 0.5 to what? 0.25, okay. And is it going to be a bad thing if kids are experimenting around with this? Nope, that's how we learn, okay? So here's what it looks like with a quarter second. What do you think? Better? Eh, a little bit better. Still a little slow for me. So I'm going to make that 0.1. Okay? Now let's try it. There, that looks better. Cool. Okay, so that's just basic uh, motion, uh, move, the, move the cat around. Uh, let's talk a little bit about costumes. I don't know about you, but I'm not a cat person. So I like other things besides cats. Um, but it doesn't matter whether you like cats or not. There's all kinds of costumes. So what I'd like you to do is below the stage where it says new sprite. Okay, we've got sprites and we have costumes. I said that wrong, actually. I'm going to add another sprite, and then I can choose what costumes I want for that. Three ways I can add a new sprite. I can paint a new sprite from scratch. And I'll tell you what, this is not going to be real impressive if you're relying on my drawing skills. Okay? But I can draw whatever I want with whatever colors I want. And, oh, yeah, I could also modify things people have done. But I'm not doing that. Okay? I'm going to choose the second choice, which is a folder, and it says choose a new sprite from a file. Scratch comes with a lot of already created, already built items that we can use in addition to the scripts. So these are the choices. You choose the folder you want. Animals, fantasy, people, things, transportation. I'm going to go into fantasy. And I'm going to scroll down here because I think there is, I don't think I want that. Um, I can go, the, the ways to go back, if I don't like this folder, a couple different ways. Over on the side, it says costumes. And I can click that costumes folder. I can also click the arrow here that says go up. And that will take me up a level. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, not. Maybe, I, maybe I have to click on costumes. Huh. I thought I could click on that. Oh, bat. That's what I want. Okay, I'm going to bring in the bat. Notice that the bat has two different versions, okay? When in doubt, on a Windows computer or even on a Mac, although most a lot of Macs don't have two-button mouses, what can I do to make a change to something? Like if I'm in Word or I'm on, on just my desktop and I want to change something, how can, I, how can I usually make a change when I'm in a program? What button on my keyboard or my mouse? If I want to copy Seymour's picture here, how would I do that? Right click, right, or control click if I'm on a Mac. Because that gives me all these choices, okay? The right click is going to be powerful here, too. I am going to delete the cat. I'm going to get rid of him. But you know what? I did this work over here on this script, which I don't really want to lose. So watch what I can do before I delete. I can drag 
this script and drop it on my bat, and now my bat has that script. So by right-clicking and duplicating, I can duplicate scripts, and I can also drag them back and forth. How will I delete my cat, you think? Right-click, okay? Right-click your cat, and you can delete him if you want. Okay, so now I just have my bat, and let's click the green flag. Why is my bat not changing? I didn't do a costume, that's right. So, we're introducing different vocabulary here. This area of the screen is called the what? The stage. Down here, we get to import different sprites, and then each sprite, if you look up here in the middle of, on the scripts, can have costumes. So, I'm not going to import Bat 2 as another sprite. Instead, I'm going to that. What do you think I could name this instead of naming him Sprite 2? I could name him Bat, okay? So, put a name on your sprite if you want. That's just for you. You don't have to do that. You can leave it however it, was, however it is, but when you refer to it, sometimes that can make it easy. I'm now going to click on the costume and import another costume for this bat. Now my bat, my single sprite, has two costumes. And when I click my green flag, what do you predict is going to happen? What should happen? He'll do the scripts, but what does that mean? It'll repeat. He's going to move across the screen, and what's going to happen to his... He's going to flap. Look at that. <laughs> okay, this is an example of a real, simple flip animation. It's just two different frames. One with wings up, one with wings down. Okay? And the way that we can do that is by using um, a repeat, and inside that repeat, we say go to the next costume and change. Something else at the top of the menu choices here for my sprite. You've got scripts. We have costumes. The third tab is sounds. We can record our voice, and we can make our sprites talk. And we don't have a microphone today. I will probably check out the microphones for next week. But if you have a mic on your computer or you plug one in here or whatever, you can record. But as I said, Scratch comes with lots of things. So we're going to click Import. So go ahead and import. Again, how did I get to this? I'm on a sprite, doesn't matter which one, if you still have your cat, that's fine. Some of you are obviously cat lovers, you've still got your cat, that's okay. And when you're on your sprite, you're going to choose the tab at the top that says sounds. And you're going to import a sound. So this is a sound that's going to go with that sprite. You've got musical loops, you have vocals, I'm going to go to animal, and I don't think we have a sound of a... We don't have a sound of a bat. Uh, that was a little bit loud. Was there? 
is it under mere effects? What, what would be in a... Maybe it would arouse it. human. Scream female. I think I'm just going to go with um, the owl. Okay. So, notice that when I import a sound, and you can import several, okay? When you import the sounds, they also have names, and you can change those names, and it probably is a good idea to have the sounds be something that makes sense, because you'll refer to them in, in the scripts, all right? Looking over here at our script options, our script choices, what category do you think I'm going to need to go to to make noise, to make sounds? The sounds one, right. And what color is it? Pink. Okay, so I'm going to click on pink. And I can now choose to play sounds... Um, at different times. I could choose to play my sound at the beginning and at the end. Or I could make my sound and, note, and kind of watch what I'm doing here as I drag these scripts around. If I wanted, if I want to take something off or like out of the middle, I've got to. Dr I drag it off and then I can move it out. Now he is going to hoot a lot. Okay. I don't think that sounded very good. So, a different way to make him play the sound is instead of just play sound, I can say play sound until done. That's actually going to delay, um, and I'm going to take my, my delay out. So anyway, you can kind of see a little bit how sounds work. Um, let's talk about backgrounds, and then I'm going to turn you loose to do some exploring on your own. Um, you can import as many sprites as you would like, okay? So I can have my buffalo here with my bat, and they can have a conversation. Um, you are probably, on most of your projects, going to want to start with when the green flag is clicked. If I don't want the buffalo to be on the screen at the beginning, what do you think I need to do to his costume? I need to hide him. And under looks, you can hide things. Okay? Hide my buffalo. Okay? So I can get him out when I'm ready for him. But he will not have to be there right away. Um, so you attach scripts to sprites to make them do things. Okay? And um, one suggestion for the next ten minutes when you have some exploring time, and I'll wander around and, and help answer questions, is... Try to have two sprites in and help have them do something. Okay, they can interact. 
But let's, let me show you the stage, and this will be the last thing I'll teach you today. Click on the stage, which is the white box to the left of your sprites. And we are now going to import some backgrounds onto our stage. That's okay. I think that... Well, I, yeah, as soon as you... Like, well, like if I... If I move something, hmm. like what did you want to undo? Well, like you did an action or you resize something or something like that, if you could redo it. Because every time I've tried, like, I just have to start all over again. Right. There probably is a way to reset things back to how they are at the beginning. Um, I'm not sure what that is. Um, and then I can put, like, Like if you want to uh, re well okay I'm not sure and there'll be there'll be some questions like that I'll work on it. I'll try to figure that out if there's a way you know to to reset you're talking about like to to move back to the beginning or something like that yeah. one of the things that you can do is in your scripts you can tell it to go to a location and that can be part of your script like go to zero zero and then it will you know always start at that location. Um, on backgrounds, you'll take a look at my screen real quick. I'm, I've clicked on stage, backgrounds. I'm going to click import, and there's indoor, nature, outdoors, and sports. I'm going to go to outdoors, and what would be great for my bat? I don't know. Maybe we're going to be out by the silos. Whatever. Okay. You can import <coughs> as many backgrounds as you want. And what you do on your script for the start is you say, when the green flag is clicked, I want you to switch the background to whatever you want. Okay? So I would like it to go to the silos background. Okay? So now, real, real basic, um, to address your question about resetting it to the beginning, uh -huh. I might go ahead and tell my bat to start like at minus 200. I'll tell my bat where to start. So now even if he's like all the way over here, when I when he when I click the start, he's going to go over there to that spot, and that's where he's going to start. Okay. If I want the buffalo to come in at a certain time, I can have it wait a few seconds. He's going to well wait for three seconds, and then the buffalo is going to come in, let's make him uh, come up at the top, so 200, 170. And my buffalo could now appear and, you know, he could start, you know, start spinning around forever.
uh, make a script out of more than what? A- ask that question one more time. More than two costumes? Oh, yes, you can put however many scripts you want. Each each cost each uh, each sprite has scripts, and then it will call costumes. And you can, so you can have multiple more than two costumes. Is that what you said? More than two costumes? Yes, yes. You can have. I don't know if there's a limit. You can have I think as many costumes as you want. Okay, so really fast, here's my whole thing. What does it do? They changed it to silos, and there's my spinning buffalo. What's wrong with my spinning buffalo? It's kind of like off the screen. Okay, so how do I fix that? How would I fix my spinning buffalo? Well, I've got to change its location, X and Y. How can I move that down? How do I tell what my X and Y is? Move your mouse, and you can see the numbers right here change. So I need to make that lower, and I can just do that by moving my mouse and see that I'm going to need um, definitely a lower Y, maybe something like 50 or 60. Let's try it now.
can make my I can make my bat say boo. So he's going to come in and say boo, and then he will start to move. If you are not impressed with what I have created today, that is fine. One of my goals is actually not to intimidate you with this and, and make you think that you've got to create some, you know, phenomenal Lego, you know, game or something super fancy. Um, well, I want you to spend an hour this week playing with Scratch and using different things. So if that's what you created in an hour, then yes, that would be fine. But I bet you'll be able to do more than that if you, if you play with it longer. Yes? Are we able to save our Scratch on the second drive to Great question. Yes. If you just go up, and I should have, I should have asked that earlier, so thanks for asking. If you just go to the file menu and you choose save, it will prompt you to save your project, and you can choose computer, and you should be able to choose your flash drive to save your project so that you can, um, you can take it with you. Okay. Well, I think we're out of time. Um, have fun playing with Scratch this week. Um, Make sure that you um, get something shared by the time we have class next week. And I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to learn that I don't know how to do yet, but that's okay. There's, Scratch is a, is a great program. It's got lots and lots of features. So be creative and have fun this week. What day are you going to do that? Again? I'm pretty sure it will be a week from Friday. So I'll confirm. But send me an email if you have a time that really works for you because different people have classes at different times. I may do the same kind of thing from 9.30 to 11, but uh, I can do it after. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um,
I'm sure it'll. Sometimes some of these drives have a thing they try to auto install. That's what the person's doing or not. I've never used this one. This was actually my son who was in middle school. Mm -hmm. 